bacon the baconator uh you know hey i don't know if you've uh listened or not listened uh but watched the um tv series uh the last of us it uh it's based off of a video game i've heard of it before but i and i've tried to play it but i never got very far and uh it's it's an actual it's hbo uh and sony and uh, they just came out with episode six. But anyway, it's an amazing show. I like it uh, a lot. And I'm not a TV guy. So usually if I find something that I start watching, I uh, usually like, I don't know, watch a couple episodes and just walk away from it. But this is super good. Really good. Uh, they've done a really good job of not only adapting uh, the important parts of the video game, but adding on to the things that the video game you know, it kind of left questions for those of you that followed the storyline. So I thought it's beautifully done compared to other movies and or TV shows that kind of follow the the whole video game scene. Um, so if you get a chance, you should definitely check that out. And also, I want to give a big shout out to uh, John. He is doing a Last of Us recap show uh, a couple days following the release of each episode of uh, the, the show. And it's really good. I really like what uh, or what he's doing there, and um, he, he recaps the episode really well. So, if you get the chance, check out the Last of Us good show, and then afterwards look up uh, Video Game Lounge on your uh, streaming platform and listen to John do a recap of the show. Really good. Shameless plug. Oh, awesome! I've heard really good things about um, the Last of Us. Mm-hmm. I had no idea it was based off a video game. Mm -hmm. Uh, A friend of mine, she watches it, and our concern is, like, we both watched The Walking Dead and how that went away from being about zombies to more about humanity. And that was our concern with this show, was that that's where it was going to go, was become a humanity show versus a zombie show. So I haven't watched it yet. It it is about a world outbreak, uh, and that creates uh, the post apocalyptic world. Um, yeah, there is some some um, zombie type monsters and so forth, but it's also the story of a couple of characters. So it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, but very well mixed. I think. What do they call that with the two circles that overlap and then in the middle? Column C. No, no. Uh, I don't know. I know what you're talking about. I can picture it. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Man, have you been as busy as I have? Probably not. I'm not going to lie. Probably not as busy. What have you been up to? So let's see. We recorded two weeks ago, a week ago. I don't even know anymore. But I was in Arizona from last Friday until yesterday. Okay. For school or? No. So a year ago, they were supposed to fly down. And the plane had a mechanical issue, so they never flew. And then the airline said, hey, here's some airline dollars, but you have to use them within a year. That year's rolling. Uh, So March 1 is when that year was up. Oh, wow. So uh, we decided to go down, check that out. Got some family down there from my wife's side. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hung out and did some stuff, things. How long did, how long were you down there? Five days. Yeah, not bad. No. Was the weather was the weather more uh, gorgeous than back home? 
yeah, even when it was cold and rainy yesterday, it was still better than the, uh, <laughs> I think we flew in, it was 30 below with wind chill. That's so, crazy. That is absolutely crazy. They uh, shut the interstates down today, both east and west, north, south. Um, but, you know, we still had to be to work. So no travel advised, no way to get to work, but get your ass to work. Yeah, it's only like a 30-minute drive. Yeah, so it, this is a short week, and I know that this uh, airs after the fact, but this is President's Day week when we record, right? So obviously we had Monday off because it's a federal holiday, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it should be a four-day work week. Um, I took uh, Friday off because I'm going to be doing uh, the amateur radio festival in one of the local towns here uh, on Saturday, and I have to do some traveling and some prep. So I took the, I took tomorrow off. But last night, I don't know, man, my back was killing me. Uh, the wind was just howling through. And I think I went to bed. I told the wife, because she had to work this morning too. I, I said, about 10, 15, I decided I'm going to go to bed, which is early for me. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to catch up on some sleep. I'm going to just get all rejuvenated. And of course, I lay down. My back feels like it's pinched. Uh, my brain won't shut off. The wind is howling. The last time I remember looking at my clock, it was 3.30 in the morning. So uh, I, I get to work, and the first thing I do is I tell the boss, I said, hey, I said, I don't know. It was a weird night. You know, I went to bed early, da-da-da-da. Uh, but I didn't sleep. I'm going to try to make it to 3.30, and I'm taking off. And I think I made it to about 1.30, 1.45, I walked in the boss's office and I said, hey, uh, the, the computer is just not my friend today. Uh, I've spent more time booting, rebooting, or waiting for something to load than I've actually been able to get any work done. Uh, my, my eyes are getting heavy. I'm, my body's shutting down. So I came home a little early, early today, uh, got a few, uh, a few extra Zs in. Not too many, but just a few. So I could definitely go back to bed, though. Well, you look like I woke you up from a nap, so <laughs> <laughs> kind of rubbing your eyes, getting the sleep dust out. And uh, it's not its not quite that bad, but uh, what do you say? Should we get on with the show? Let's do it. All right. You're listening to Eyes Forward March, a podcast geared towards building the core of the non-commissioned officers. Heat up your MRE, crack open a cold rippet, and join your platoon daddies. Sergeant Bacon and Sergeant Seagar, as they continue to build networking skills, have some laughs, uplift morale, and talk about daily issues soldiers face. Let's begin. Unfortunately, Bacon Bits is on assignment uh, today, so there will be no history on wheels. Bummer. I know. Yeah, he, uh, he'll be back. I think he's digging into that. Bentley barn find or whatever he was talking about. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. You have to do some traveling for that one. Right. All right. Anyway, uh, what do you got there for military history? Is it that time? It's time for military history. So we're going to do something a little different because when I was looking last year at the weeks, I think I was looking at when we were recording uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. They were going to overlap and we were going to get the other stuff that we missed out on. Mm. Instead, we're really just falling a day or two after when we published last time. Gotcha. So I had to do some more research, but 
I'm finding something like this day in U.S. military history. Okay. All right. So this is U.S. military history now. Try something different. So starting on March 1st of 1776. So everything will be March 1st. The uh, French minister, Charles Gravier, advised his Spanish counterpart to support the American rebels against the English. So we got a little bit of French support there. Yeah. So during, I'm not sure if you are familiar, but during the revolution, the uh, the French actually did assist U.S. in kicking the uh, British's ass a little bit there. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. So in 1780, Pennsylvania became the first U.S. state to abolish slavery for newborn slaves, people that were born from slaves only, though. Connecticut and Rhode Island followed that same trend in 1784, then New York in 1785, New Jersey in 1786. Massachusetts abolished slavery through a judicial decision in 1783. I like New York. I got a New York story for you here after we're done. Sure. Uh, 1790, Congress authorized the first U.S. Census. This this came out of what was called the Connecticut Compromise, and that was a a proposal for two houses in a legislature, one based on equal representation for each state and the other for population-based representation that resolved the dispute between large and small states at the Constitutional Convention. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I know that different states, depending on the size, have different numbers yep. of representation. And I, I guess I just never really thought to myself, well, why is that? Yep. Hmm. And that's because of the Connecticut Compromise. So the Connecticut delegate, Roger Sherman, proposed the first nationwide census. The population in 1790 was determined to be 3,929,000. 625. This included about 698,000 slaves and about 60,000 free black people. At that time, the most populous state was Virginia with 747,000 people. Yeah. And the most populous city was Philadelphia with 42,000. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. In 1803, Ohio is admitted as the 17th U.S. state. The name Ohio originated from the Iroquois word of Ohio, meaning <laughs> the Great River or the Large Creek. The state was originally partitioned from the Northwest Territory, and although there are conflicting narratives regarding the origin of the nickname, Ohio is historically known as the Buckeye State. Relating to the Buckeye tree, Ohioans are also known as the Buckeyes. That is true. That is very yep. true. Ohio. That, yeah, it's Ohio dash yo. The more you know. In 1845, President Tyler signed a congressional resolution to annex the Republic of Texas. Welcome aboard, Texas. Um, in 1862. The USS Tyler and the USS Lexington engaged in Confederate forces preparing to strongly fortify Shiloh at the Pittsburgh Landing in Tennessee. So under the cover of the gunboats, the 
their cannons, the landing party of sailors and army sharpshooters were put ashore for armed boats to determine Confederate strength in the area. Huh. Yeah. So that happens all the time in modern warfare where the boats out in the ocean will bombard the the beach a little bit and then right. it's, it's called softening softening the land. Or shaping the battlefield, either yeah, way. Yeah. I mean yeah. So in eighteen sixty four, President Lincoln nominates my man, Ulysses S. Grant, for the newly revised rank of Lieutenant General. We have to get you a T-shirt with Ulysses S. Grant that just says, my man. At the time, George Washington was the only other man to have held that rank. Winfield Scott attained the title, but by brevet, brevet? I don't know what that word means, brevet only. He did not actually command with it. The promotion carried Grant to the supreme command of the Union forces and capped one of the most remarkable success stories of the war. Grant had attended West Point and graduated in 1843. He was 21st of 39 students, so he's like literally right in the middle. He served in the Mexican-American War from 1847 to 1848 and then on the frontier in the 1850s. During this time, Grant had acquired experience in logistics and the supply of troops, developing skills that later made him a success during the Civil War. He developed a reputation as a heavy drinker and denied the charges of drunkenness throughout the war. (laughs) Sounds legit. I mean, this is why he's my man. (laughs) When the Civil War erupted, Grant was not in the service. Do you smell alcohol on my breath? Oh, you do? Well, get out of my face. Yeah. Stand back six feet then. (laughs) So he was working uh, at his dad's store in Illinois. And when he came back in, his first assignment was to raise troops for the Illinois. And he became the commander of the 21st Illinois. After leading this regiment to protect the railroad in Missouri, Grant was promoted to Brigadier General on July 31st of 1861. In 1862, Grant won major U.S. victories of the war when he captured Fort Henry and Donelson in Tennessee. And for the next two years, he was the most successful general in the Army. His campaign to capture Vicksburg was one of the most efficient offenses of the war, and the Yankees captured the Mississippi River and, and most of Tennessee under his leadership. Lincoln replaced Henry Halleck as the commander of the Union Armies when he elevated Grant to the rank of lieutenant general. Unlike Halleck, Grant did not serve from behind a desk. He took to the field with the largest federal force, the Army of the Potomac, and moved against Confederate General Robert E. Lee in Virginia. He's such a badass. Uh, So brevet uh, means to forage, hunt, or snoop. Moving along to uh, 1867, Nebraska becomes the 37th U.S. state. Lancaster, Nebraska is renamed to Lincoln and becomes the state capital. Lincoln is a great town. Out of all the places I've been in Nebraska, and unfortunately I've been to many, I think Lincoln is the most fun. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, great people, great atmosphere. I could, I, could, I could move there if the wife would let me. Yeah? Well, you'd be closer to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is a fun one. You might like this one. In 1912... Albert Berry 
makes the first parachute jump from an airplane at Jefferson Barracks, Missouri. Barry jumped from a Benoist pusher biplane from 1,500 feet and landed successfully. The 36-foot diameter parachute was contained in a metal canister attached to the underside of the plane. When Barry dropped from the plane, his weight pulled the parachute from the canister. Rather than being attached to the parachute by a harness, Barry was seated on a trapeze bar. According to Barry, he dropped 500 feet before the parachute opened. Okay, that's a lot of cord. Yeah. I feel like that's excessive. Yeah. (laughs) And then to fall 500 feet. Yeah, yeah. You're only 1,500 feet in the air. Right, right. (laughs) The ground's coming awfully quick. (laughs) I I couldn't, I could not imagine being the first person to be like, well, here's the deal. We're going to fuck around and find out. Do you think he lost a bet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he definitely he lost his fantasy football league, and, and, <laughs> and his punishment was to jump out of a plane, be the first person to test a parachute at 1,500 feet. <laughs> Whew, See if it works. Your friends suck, my friend. 1941, Nazi extermination camps become fully operational. These include Auschwitz, Bamberg, and many others. Over... 2,600,000 Polish Jews are among those killed during the course of the war. Over 12,000 people would be killed daily at Auschwitz alone. By 1945, nearly 6 million Jews and more than 3 million communists, gypsies, socialists, and other dissidents would be exterminated. In uh, 1942, U-656 becomes the first German submarine of World War II to be sunk by Naval Air VP-82, the bomber squadron. A little too close to the surface, were they? Must have been. And then two weeks later, they sank another one. I mean, I figure at that point in time, the submarines have to be like the hard targets. 100%. Because, I mean, they were getting that close to U.S. soil. Don't forget about that. In 1945, on Iwo Jima, Forces from the U.S. 5th Amphibious Corps now hold both the 1st and 2nd of the island's airfields and have a foothold at the southern end of the 3rd. There is intensive fighting all along the lines. They fought fucking hard. Yeah. Yep. Glad I wasn't there. I'm just going to say it. I'm putting it out there. In 1954, the U.S. performed an atmospheric nuclear test at Bikini Island. Ooh. The number five, Fukuryu Maru, <laughs> was trolling for tuna <clears throat> off the Bikini Atoll in the Pacific. Eleven crew members died in the half century since the exposure. At least six of them <laughs> from liver cancer. Between 1946 and 1958, U.S. conducted 66 nuclear tests at Bikini as part of Operation Crossroads. In 1955, the U.S. gave Japan $2 million in compensation. I don't know how you pronounce that so word. Yeah, so, you, so apparently there's a bikini island. A lot, a lot of fuking was happening. And uh, it's F-U-K-U-R-Y-U. Fukuri? There was a lot of fukuri on... Fukuri-you. There was fukuri on bikini island. In 1954, 
Ted Williams fractures his collarbone in the first game of spring training after flying 39 combat missions without an injury in the Korean War. Wow. Yeah. That is that is fooked up. <laughs> Fookery you. <laughs> what is this fookery? In 1971, a bomb explodes in the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., causing an estimated $300,000 in damage but hurting no one. A group calling itself the Weather Underground claimed credit for the bombing, which was done in protest of the ongoing U.S.-supported Laos invasion. The so-called Weathermen were a radical faction of the Students for a Democratic Society, or the SDS. The Weathermen advocated violent means to transform American society. The philosophical foundations of the Weathermen were Marxist in nature, and they believed that a militant struggle was the key to striking out against the state to build a revolutionary consciousness among the young, white, working class. You know, so this always blows my mind, and I've thought about this, okay? Uh, more recently, you know, all the things that happen um, in the U.S. and da-da-da-da, it's on the news, and they're like, you know, these cyber attacks or this bombing or this whatever it is, right? They're always like, well, we suspect it's these people, and then all of a sudden it's like these people came out and been like, you know, it's like, hey, guys, did you do that? Oh, no, no, it wasn't us. Hey, did you do that? Oh, now that, that was us. Like, wait, wait, why? If you're. I love it. Even if they didn't do it and nobody else is taking claim. Yeah. They're like, yep. Yeah. That, that one was us. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody else wants that one. Yeah. We'll take it. And it, and it's like. They're like claiming farts. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, oh, okay. Well, if you're going to own up to it, you're good. Right. <laughs> what? Yeah. You're claiming farts. Yeah. Oh my God. Who did that? Uh, if nobody else is going to claim it, I'll take it. I think that's the title of this episode. <laughs> Who's going to claim this fart? In 1991, the U.S. military specialist surveyed, then detonated a bunker at Kamasiya, Iraq. The site had been declared a chemical weapons storage area by Iraq after the Gulf War. No trace of chemical agents were found before or after but U.S. and U.N. inspection teams had earlier found nerve agent rockets and mustard gas shells in the open pits at this site. It was later acknowledged by the Pentagon that more than 15,000 U.S. troops may have been exposed to nerve gas at the detonations. Defense Department logs of this period were later reported as lost. Ha! Huh, weird. In April of 1997, the CIA acknowledged errors that led to the demolition. Come on. We're going to lose these records real quick. Was that back when Ollie North was shredding documents? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, these are nothing. Don't worry about those. Oh, that, that person's not even in the guard anymore. In 1999, U.S. warplanes dropped over 30 laser-guided bombs on military targets in northern Iraq. In 2002, Operation Anaconda begins, in which the United States military and CIA paramilitary officers worked with allied Afghan military forces 
and NATO and non-NATO forces attempted to destroy Al-Qaeda and Taliban forces. This operation was the first large-scale battle in the United States war in Afghanistan since the Battle of Tora Bora in December of 2001. This was the first operation in Afghanistan theater to involve a large number of U.S. conventional forces participating direct combat activities. From this date to March 16, 2002, 1,700 airlifted U.S. troops and 1,000 pro-government Afghan militia battled between 300 to 1,000 al-Qaeda and Taliban fighters to obtain control of the valley. The Taliban and al-Qaeda forces fired mortars and heavy machine guns from entrenched positions in the caves and the ridges of the mountainous terrain. The U.S. forces attempting to secure at, at the U.S. forces attempting to secure the area. U.S. forces had estimated the strength of the rebels at 150 to 200, but later information suggested the actual strength was 500 to 1,000. I literally thought you were going to say like 40. In Pakistan, a joint raid outside Islamabad by the CIA and Pakistani agents led to the arrest of Khalid Shahik. Muhammad, the suspected mastermind of the September 11, 2001 terror attacks, along with two others. Documents and computer files later revealed that the Al-Qaeda biochemical weapons program was well advanced. In 2003, the Turkish parliament votes narrowly against allowing 62,000 U.S. forces to use Turkey as a platform for a possible invasion of Iraq from the north. So that's where, when I went into Iraq, we were supposed to go in through Turkey. Same. My second deployment, we were supposed to go into Turkey. Uh, that's where we thought the plane was going. But when I got off, I was like, wait a second. Deja vu. This is Kuwait. And finally, in 2003, administrative control of the Coast Guard, the Customs Service, and the United States Secret Service is transferred to the newly created Department of Homeland Security. That was military history. Hey, so I said earlier that I had a story about New York. Uh, does your state have this uh, thing that supposedly the entire uh, country, the entire United States is doing, where you have to get a gold star on your uh, driver's license in order to do things like fly? Oh, so you're talking about the real ID. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in my state, that's it's the gold star. It's that's that's the only thing that I know of that means it's a real ID. This gold stupid ass star. Yeah. So and, and it's I think it was supposed to be or going to affect this year, and they pushed it back to twenty twenty five. And you know, I, I I give zero shits about this real ID because I don't really quite get it or understand it. Um, but okay. my family, uh, the ones who are trying to get their gold stars so that they can fly, even though they never fly, uh, they're having troubles getting their real ID because in order to do that, you have to have an original copy of your birth certificate. Yes. Okay. Well, I was, I'm an 80 baby. I was born in 80. I don't have a birth certificate. In New York, they didn't issue birth certificates. They issued hospital certificates. Okay. So here I am, X years later in the military. I've, I've 
got, uh, you know, all my military paperwork, you know, I've got all these documentations, uh, you know, throughout the years. Uh, and I can't prove that I am an American citizen because I don't have an authentic birth certificate. How does that work? I've never heard of this before. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my, myself and my father now currently are trying to get a passport because to get a passport, all you need is a hospital certificate. You get your passport, then you can take your passport to the DMV and get a real ID. How stupid is this? That is weird. How else would you get there? Like, it is so crazy. The, uh, and, and it the depends shit. on the county, too. Oh, yeah. I was going to say how it varied from county to county within the state, state to state. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, I'm in a state uh, that uh, now is open carry, uh, but uh, for a long time, you could apply to get your carry permit, a non-professional carry permit. For the first couple of years, every county was different. And then the state finally said, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to standardize this across the board. Every county is going to operate this way, bottom line. Now it doesn't matter. It's completely irrelevant. But it should be the same way with this stupid real ID. This is a national federal requirement or whatever the hell it is. It should be the same across the board. However, if you're in one county, you can just walk in, give them your driver's license. Oh, you've been here for 30 years. You're good. You go to another state and they're like, no, I need the original birth certificate. I'm sorry, county. I need the original birth certificate. Well, in my father's case, when he was born, his birth certificate doesn't have his middle initial because he wasn't born with a middle name. Right. Then he got baptized. And by the time he got his social security card, it now has a middle name. Well, now his birth certificate and social security card don't match. They won't give him a real ID. How This, this is asinine. <sighs> And that's going to be federal law here pretty quick in order to fly within, within a, like the United States. If you're going to fly to a certain state, I'm fine. I'm fine with this real ID. If, because I have a real ID, I don't have to go through TSA. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Okay, cool. Cause you're going to tell me that, uh, somebody who travels from another country, they're not a United States citizen can't fly in our country. I mean, that's, that's what it's going to. No. And here's the other thing too. Okay. Just stop flying. Everybody in the United States, suck it up. Stop flying. As soon as the uh, airlines don't make any money, they're going to make some phone calls and that real ID is going to go down the drain in my humble opinion. Right. And, And there's maybe something to that, but I fought with the DOT here about it and they're like, well, you need to get a real ID. And I'm like, what, what is this? Is this a fake? Because you issued it to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Horrible name. That is true. Yeah. It's a, it's a Homeland Security thing. Yeah. Call it, call it the citizenship card. So they're saying by May 7th of like 25. Yeah. Something like that. I know that they moved it to 2025. Yeah. Cause it was supposed to be this year. Yep. But yeah, it's part of the, uh, oh, here was it say, um, the Real ID Act passed by Congress in 2005 enacted by the 9-11 Commission's recommendation that the federal government set standards for the issuance of sources of identification such as driver's license. Okay, folks. The government has never been good at setting a standard. Well, it's just for such as your driver's license. Oh, such as, yeah. yeah. 
the act established a minimum security standard for license issuance and production and prohibits certain federal agencies from accepting for certain purposes driver's license and identification cards from states not meeting the act's minimum standards. What happens if there, and I believe there are states, I don't know for sure, but I believe there are states that are like, take your real ID and shove it. So are all of their people going to be screwed here in two and a half years? Good question. And then to me, if you have a real ID, what's the point of a passport? Well, that's my question. It's basically like they're treating it like a passport within each state. Like for me to go to your state. Yeah. Like, what are they going to set up? Like some Berlin wall bullshit. Oh, I hope so. There's, I hope they do. I hope they build walls around every state. And then you have to go through the checkpoint with your real ID just to get in and out. This says as of March 26, 2021, 55 states and territories are fully compliant with the real ID requirements and all states are on track to begin issuing compliant licenses and IDs by the May 7, 2025 deadline. Oh, so that's just saying that you have to have a plan by then. They're on pace. Yeah, basically. Yeah. All states are on track. I just think it's dumb. Like I I don't understand. Like I kind of understand the passport thing, right? Right. You're going to be traveling abroad outside of the U S and U S territories. Uh, you should have a passport. And even if you go to, you know, uh, Puerto Rico, the Virgin islands, Hawaii, I think you should just have a passport anyway. Uh, because you're probably like, here's my thing. You travel outside of the, for lack of better terms, the motherland and the world goes to high, uh, shit in a hi hat. That passport might be your quick and easy way to get back home. True. You know, if all you have is a state driver's license, that might slow that process of getting home. So I get the passport. You're going to fall into a situation like uh, Victor Navorsky from the terminal. Yeah. It, well, or a man yeah, without exactly. a country. Yeah, exactly. You can't go home because your country doesn't exist, but you can't go into this country because your country doesn't exist. Right. So your passport is no good. Which I don't necessarily think that our country wouldn't exist. I could just see our country shutting down the borders and making it really difficult for anybody to get in or get out. If you think about it, in a situation like what the Confederacy did, you know, they were like, okay, everything south of this line is the south, and we don't recognize the money from the north. We don't recognize, you know, their president. We don't recognize any of that shit. Mm -hmm. In a situation like that, the country you left, let's say I flew to Mississippi. Right. And they decided they're going to pull that bullshit again. My country to them would no longer exist. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that would happen or anything like that, but you never know. No, you don't. Especially nowadays. I know I used to back in the day, back in like 2000, 2001, I took a, a trip with the company that I was working with to Cancun, Mexico. I didn't need any fancy paperwork. All I needed was my driver's license. That was my proof of uh, United States residency. But you go to, let's say you go to Australia for a vacation. Something happens. Who knows what, where, when? I, I don't know. I get the passport. That's what it's designed for. I don't understand why we're adding this real ID on top of it. It doesn't cost any more money from what I understand. So it's not a money grab. No, let me see if it, uh, 
if there's a why. I'll... It's because we, some of us grew up when you used to go to school and have a serendipity. And every week you'd get a sticker in your serendipity and the gold star was the best. And when you got a gold star, you felt like you were just doing so good. Why else would you pick? Why not? Why not make it a purple unicorn? Why does it have to be a gold star? I don't know. Cause a gold star made you feel good. Yeah, exactly. Gold star makes you feel good. I don't know. <laughs> the dramatic way. for Yeah. I don't know. Look, I'm all for, if this is the, the law, then okay, this is the law. And I understand that the concept behind this gold star is supposed to prove your citizenship. Well, then why is it easier for me to get a passport than it is to get a gold star? I mean, I can go up there and give you a gold star. Right. That's what I said. I can go to Walmart and buy a whole package of stickers, give myself and 23 other friends a gold star. Can we travel wherever we want now? <laughs> it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I, and I know that, uh, you know, there's probably a bigger, dumber picture than I'm aware of, but still, I, I don't get it. And this wasn't the uh, topic that we were going to talk about, but when you mentioned New York, that triggered yeah. it for me. And I was like, okay, nope. yeah, we're talking I'll about this gold star. You think about it, right? Like it's probably the government's answer to your question will be Sergeant Seagar, this is for your safety. <laughs> you need to trust the government. We have never steered you wrong. Never, never. Yep. I we can never I can lie to you. To not that. like not like misleading you in nineteen ninety one and then losing the documentation. <laughs> in nineteen ninety seven they were lost. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of yeah. losing information I uh I saw there was a big data breach for SF86s. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah. So now everyone with the secret or higher clearance is out there for the hackers to know. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Yeah. Where did you hear about this? It was on my Google News. Huh. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. Listen, man. Everyone everyone has secret documents in their garage right now, okay? <laughs> Everyone has secret. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally go in my garage at least once every eight hours to make sure nobody's planted secret docs in my garage. <laughs> How would you know? You know, next time I go, I'm up there, I'm going to just take a piece of notebook paper. I'm going to write something on there and write secret documents <laughs> and drop it yeah. and you fold it up like a little triangle. And then when I open it up, it's just like your grandma's yeah. like, tomato sauce recipe yeah yes screech's <laughs> secret sauce yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, i i tell you what i bet you i have a box in my garage full of like all my personal military records uh yeah just because i they gave them to me uh when when they started convert they converted everything over to digital they gave me all my hard copy it got put in a box. We've moved, you know, from one place to another place. I'm pretty sure that all that paperwork is probably sitting in a box taped in my garage. Not a good place for it, but, but none of that stuff is any more sensitive than my credit card information, you know, but, but here's my thing though, is that it'll still take, it'll still take 15 years for this case to get into the cybersecurity training. Well, hundred percent. We still got to learn about Jeffrey holding the door for the guy. <laughs> 
Man, we have such a problem with people leaving their uh, their ID cards in their computers. Yeah. So then I I tamper with their ID cards a little bit. Uh, in my office, I leave when I have to use the restroom or go refill my coffee. I leave my CAC in my computer, but I tell the guy that I sit next to, I say, "Hey, I'm going to get coffee." You're responsible. I, I minimize all my windows, so all you're looking at is my desktop. But I leave. I stay logged in, and I tell my coworker, mm-hmm. "You are now responsible for making sure that nobody touches my computer." And the reason why I do that is because if I pull my card out of the computer, when I come back and I put my card back into the computer, fifteen to twenty minutes is wasted just to get logged back in and start working where I was working. And by that time, Ipsy could have crashed. Oh, and it, yeah, yeah. When I, I spend more time booting up my computer and, and, and logging in and trying to get something, and when it's click, wait, click, wait, you start looking for those shortcuts that will save you time so you can actually be productive. No, 100%. We're pretty bad on the shop floor. We're like, we'll leave it. And uh, yeah. we're never looking at any PII or anything. Right. But we'll leave it. We'll mill about throughout the day but when these guys go home and they're they're on leave for the next foreseeable few days mm-hmm. their card's still stuck in that computer yeah yeah no if i'm gonna leave the main office yeah i always have my cac with me and i i always before because when i walk out the main doors to the building i'm locked out unless i have my card so i always right. make sure i double check that i have my card before i go through those doors uh is that the right answer uh, as far as leaving your card, no, absolutely not. That's not the right answer, but it does happen. I mean, just like you're not supposed to, you know, you use your badge to open the door and somebody else is like, oh, hey, hold the door for me. And, you know. Oh, you paid attention during your cybersecurity training. Oh, oh, unfortunately. Yeah. Jeffrey scans for Jeffrey and Sally scans for Sally. But I mean, you, you do have to sit there and be like, okay, come on. Like, really? I've been working with this individual in this office for seven years. Yeah. And you don't know. They could be, they could be Carrie Russell. Yeah. If face off. Yeah. That's exactly what no, it is. I was thinking the Americans. Oh, no. I'm thinking uh, John Travolta. John Travolta and yeah. uh, Nicolas Cage. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Good old Nicky Cage. Well, anyway, man. Um, yeah. We could rant on over stuff that is just dumb and we have to put up with and whatever you know it's it's all fun and games until your sf86 gets leaked all over the chinese dark web uh so do what you have to do to keep your information safe until next time stay thirsty my friends looks like that's another mission completed the 30 mile check ride in the bag hit us up podcast efm at gmail.com or follow podcast efm on instagram thank you for listening until next time i'm sergeant bacon and i'm sergeant Seagar. as always eyes forward march okay i'm gonna hit stop all right stop a rooney